Hello and welcome to the 113th episode of Downtime Podcast. Elisa, it's, it's been a while. It ha- has it really been 113? Yeah, we're up there. Damn. We're, we're still triple digits, but we're slowly moving along. I know. Well, it's funny because I used up five episodes for an in- for like an entire week, so... We could have just been like 105 at this point, but nope, we're at 113. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we you you didn't waste any of those episodes. Those were pretty good episodes. Yeah. Got to got to do what you got to do when you <laughs> when you're unavailable or when you're limited on time. So. It's true. Yeah. I I like the parts where you got kicked out of your room. It just I'm... reminded me of our early days. Oh, or our early days when we recorded and we got kicked out of rooms, even though we were recording after work. And sometimes you're thinking, oh, why is there still a meeting at this time? But <laughs> that being said, I still work in an industry where there's meetings after six o'clock. So, uh, you know, it's it is what it is. That's that's very true. That's yeah. very true. But that being said, I had a very good vacation. That's nice. It's it's always good to to get away. I, I'm all for like taking time off. Like I think it it should be a mandatory thing in U.S. companies where you should just take a week off, at least a week off to just, you know, take your mind off of everything. Oh, totally. And you know how there's like a lot of companies are doing a mental health leave now that counts as a sick leave. Does your company do that? I don't know. I have to look into it, but I feel like they would support that kind of thing. My job right now only offers um if you got hired in the fr- in 1 to 3 years then you o- then you get um 15 days of vacation and then it increases by 5 after you reach your 4th year if you stay with the company. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's not one of those companies where you just automatically have 30 days off. I mean, that would be nice. That would be nice. That's what a lot of startups do. But I also right. feel like it's a trap. Why is that? They do that on purpose. Um anytime that there I I've seen a company that has offered unlimited PTO, I feel like there's a catch that you have to work a lot of overtime days in general in your job. Quote unquote unlimited, by the way. Yeah, quote unquote unlimited. American business practices are shady, but... They, they are. They really are. It is what it is. But I had a very good vacation. So it was my sister and I... And we went to visit uh, my cousin who uh, lives in Oregon. And I went to Crater Lake for the first time. As as an Aquarius, do you sometimes feel like you're more drawn to places that are near water or have water by? I just, I, I just feel like that in general. I like the beach. I like tropical places. And of course, yeah. tropical places need to have water near it. I also love drinking water i yeah i love water water's my favorite drink it is i, I consider myself an aquaholic in a way yes <laughs> i drink a lot Me of water too yeah 
It's it's the best drink in the world. Like hands down, you can't argue with us on that. It's, There's nothing more refreshing than water. Yeah, no matter what your Gatorade, Powerade, Pokari sweat, you can't. No, it's it's always gonna be water. Always gonna be water. I knew about Crater Lake because my cousin lives in Oregon, and it's a used to be a volcano way back, maybe. 15,000 to 6,000, 6,000 to 15,000 years ago, it used to be a volcano and then it collapsed and it turned into a lake. And the word for it is a caldera. Okay. So, so, so Crater Lake is a caldera. And what's really cool about it is when you're looking at the lake, you can see the mount where the volcano used to exist before it collapsed. Oh. You can see it it's a cliffside now. And on top of that, just in general, might be the bluest lake water that I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah, and it is very clear and clean. There are point there are parts of that river where it looks like a mirror. You know how sometimes when you look into the ocean and you look into the deep ocean, the very blue parts are a bit muddied? Yeah. And the a lot more deep. So as you got deep into the lake, of course it was blue, but it was like, it was just this crisp blue that wasn't so muddy. And like I said, there are parts where the water was very reflective and it was really clean so do you do you know the reason why water uh it is blue when you look at it because of the reflection of the sky yes and the reflection of the sky and the amount of uh uv ray or not uv rays but the rays that are hitting the water um i think i'm gonna get this wrong probably but the fact that you see blue water means that blue rays are reflecting off or it's like either blue rays are reflecting off or the blue is what's being absorbed and that's the blue rays are being absorbed. So that's why you see blue. And then sometimes when you see kind of turquoise looking water, like I'll use the Caribbean or Hawaii, for example, when the water is a lot lighter it means that green is being absorbed or green's being reflected. Ah, like I said, I don't know which one it is. So there are, and so oftentimes what that means is when you see kind of turquoise, greenish, sea green looking water, it's a lot more shallow. I and see. deep, yeah, and deep water tends to be blue. So it was crazy. You look at the, sh when you look down at the crater and you look at the shore, you see the shore has that greenish, sea green looking color that you'll see in Hawaii or the Caribbean. And then, I swear to God, maybe 10 feet away, it goes from gr this bright turquoise color to just deep, dark blue. So you can tell there, like right at that moment is a huge drop in elevation oh, wow. of the water. It went it goes really deep. I went to visit that lake and that was really awesome. Did you do the boat I, tour or did you just like walk around? So we parked at this space 
And then we stayed at the space for three hours. And then we were just walking around the perimeter of the lake, which I feel like I didn't even walk more than a fourth. I walked less than a fourth of the lake. Honestly, I probably walked only an eighth of the perimeter. It's a pretty, it's a very huge lake. Mm -hmm. I think before that, the biggest lake that I've ever seen. So I, I think this isn't the biggest lake that I've ever seen, but in comparison, um, this is way bigger than Lake Tahoe, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Lake Tahoe is... Actually, you know, now that I'm looking at pictures, I I rescind my statement. This lake is not bigger than Lake Tahoe. Oh. Well. I think... <laughs> I know. I know. I'm already... I am already contradicting myself. No, this lake is definitely not bigger than Lake Tahoe. This lake is probably half the size of Lake Tahoe now that I, now that I'm looking at it. Cuz sometimes when you're at Lake Tahoe, you can't you don't really see you can't really see the the other side. Yeah. Sometimes it yeah, it's like it goes off in the horizon. Whereas this lake it's pretty you can pretty much tell where the ends are and that being said i know i was looking at the lake from a much more aerial view because you're looking at the lake above but yeah definitely this lake is pretty is like half the size of lake tahoe but that's okay it it was still it was still a very nice lake very clean nice i'm glad to hear it very very beautiful very beautiful it was still there still had snow caps Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And the crazy thing is the snow hadn't even melted. I went on a fairly hot day. It was probably 85 degrees. And you'd expect at that point that you that there's some dripping from the snow, but there wasn't any of that. Hmm. It was pretty awesome. The The snow was just there. <laughs> wow. I I got to see that one day. Yeah. You're totally. Just, you were just in Oregon. I was just in Oregon, and I went to go. I went specifically into South Oregon to see the lake. Oh, you, were, were well? Were you in Portland at all? Or I flew into Portland because my because uh, my family is a little bit around that area, not in Portland, but a city near it, and uh, we drove down. That's pretty neat. Yes, so it was a family trip, but it was a very good time. My image of Portland is it's cloudy all the time, a lot of forests, a little bit of coffee, and hipsters. Um, Cloudy, yes. There are a lot of sunny days. Uh, it's cloudy, and sometimes it gets humid oh, in Portland. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trees, there are trees, but you have to drive a little bit far out, maybe 30... 20 to 30 minutes out of Portland and then you'll see more trees. Oh, okay. uh, but there are a lot of poor the there's a lot of forests in Oregon. A lot of hipsters in Portland, I agree. Nice. And there is coffee, but definitely more coffee in Seattle. I uh, you know what? Change that to craft brewery, Jeremy, oh, and then you got Portland. That's what that's I That's the one. Okay, I was like Seattle's either coffee or, or beer, and I knew it was either Portland or Oregon that I was mi- Portland or um Seattle that I was mixing up, and I was like, yeah. "All right, you're <laughs> you're right. It is the beer. The beer in Oregon is the one." Yep, there you got. It. There you go. There you have it. But it's good beer, right? Yes, it, it is good beer. Um, 
that being said, uh, you gotta when it comes to craft breweries, you I've never been to a bad one. Then again, a lot of the bad beer that I've had has been Coors or Bud Light. Well, the real the ones that you buy at a Safeway. Anything that has not been a Safeway brand or has not been an Anheuser Busch brand that's not less than ten dollars is pretty decent. Huh. Yeah, I've I've never been to a bad craft brewery place. Yeah, they're usually pretty solid beers. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of alcohol, this is kind of random, but did you hear about Coca-Cola making mixers for their for whiskey? You can already use Coke as a mixer for whiskey. Right, but they they made fancy uh, fancy mixers, like fancy mixer drinks that you can mix with Whiskey. How fancy is it really, though? It just it looks nice in a bottle, but it still has the Coca-Cola logo, so it kind of throws you off. You're like, mm, can't you just put regular Coke in Jack and call it a day? But I don't know. I guess they had to go all fancy on it. Jesus Christ. There's like four different <laughs> What flavors. difference does it make? Uh, yeah. In, in my head, I'm thinking, I don't see what the difference is. There's like four different flavors. There's like smoky, spicy, herbal, and woody, and I'm like... Honestly, at the end of the day, it's coming from Coke, so you're still going to taste a little bit of Coke somewhere in there. Yep. And I'm probably never going to pick that. Right now, it's only released in the UK or Europe, and uh, I don't know if it's going to come to the United States, but still, I would still choose Coca-Cola regular (laughs) over any of those other fancy stuff. Uh, random question. Have you watched the new season of Stranger Things? Yeah, I finished it. I finished it too. There was a whole segment where they're arguing over Coke. And I wonder if Coke bought an advertisement in that show or something. But they were arguing over this thing called New Coke, which I found out was a thing in the 80s. I, and what is that? They I, spent like a good they spent a good skit or a good shot just lucas and mike arguing over the difference between regular coke and new coke yeah i was like what the hell what is what, yeah. what is new coke i i actually didn't look that up after because i didn't care until now yeah, so, yeah exactly because i was like what the fuck's new coke until you look it up and it, it was a it was an 80s thing so coca-cola was wasn't doing well back in the 80s it was losing to pepsi hmm and with new coke they changed the formula and they did um they did this whole thing of like new coke it's it's new formula and then they changed it to coca-cola class like they after new coke had been around for a while they changed it to coca-cola classic after and after that whole branding coca-cola did really well Hmm. but but the conspiracy theory is which is which is the point of that argument was did new coke actually taste different or was it exactly the same they just named it new coke because marketing wise more people are curious and then you just try it and the placebo effect makes you think oh this is very different but really it was exactly the same so that's what that's what Mike and Lucas were talking about in the show. 
Okay, I got that part. I, I, I just did not know what the hell New Coke was. And thanks for the clarification, but now I'm just like... So that's the cultural context uh, of New Coke. Interesting. I know, it seems like Coke is... Coke is going pretty strong right now in their advertising. You got these whiskey mixers that probably taste exactly the same. You got New Coke, which probably tastes exactly the same. Yeah. The, I'm reading now that Stranger Things, uh, because of Stranger Things, I guess Coke and Stranger Things are doing a collaboration right now to bring New Coke back for a short amount of time. And I'm like, okay. Wow, but, they really planted that. Yeah, so they, they that's why they did it, just putting an ad in there. Of course, of course. Because, you know, we gotta, you got to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you get the money, right? I know. What'd you think of season three? I liked it. I I thought it was fun. Um, there were a lot of strong points and a lot of a little bit weaker points, but when it was all over, I was really satisfied. I think season three is my favorite season of the show. Oh really? Um, I really liked the July Fourth setting. I there there was just something about everything that took place in that environment that I really enjoyed, versus the Halloween or the Christmas seasons, which by the way are great, they're awesome. But there was something about July Fourth that I, I I felt it, I connected with. Yeah, I really liked the summer aspect of it. I just felt like it fit perfectly with the whole vibe of the season. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, I preferred it more than the Halloween because I get the Halloween thing, but I feel like it's too much on the nose. Um, Yeah, agreed. But for the most part, yeah, I thought this is a really solid season. Like my biggest gripe with the second season was that whole like weird side arc they did with that other girl that was like L and I'm like, I don't really care about this. Um, uh, what annoyed me with this season, or kind of linking those two seasons together, is that she was unimportant in season three. But it made it seem like the fact that you introduced there's more than one L in the universe that they would be relevant, but they weren't. Mm. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, my least favorite thing about season three was Lucas's sister. Erica. Yeah, yeah, she was so cute. Yeah, she was she was like cute, but the what I didn't like about Erica was I looked at Erica and I didn't feel like she was from the 80s. Like she had great one-liners and they were fine, but there was something in the way that she acted where when when we got to her, I just didn't feel it anymore. I, think- I didn't I yeah. I felt it didn't feel in character. Maybe it's because she was too much she her her vibe and energy came out as too much from the present time, but to be fair, like of course, like the the way that people act back to acted back then is pretty similar to how we act now and it's not too different aside from what they talk about in context. So, yeah. Yeah, and I can kind of see where you kind of had your your doubts about her placement in the story and just her character overall because there are times when i'm like when's she gonna pull out her smartphone you know yeah but i I thought she was a fun addition still 
Definitely her addition makes me think season four is going to be more focused on Lucas. I hope so, because he needs more screen time. Oh, agreed. I love Lucas. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a great... Uh, Caleb McLaughlin is a really good actor. Uh, God, all of them are really good actors. Oh, yeah, totally. 100% agree. Man, it's really cool uh, where when you see a show and every single person who's a teenager or a kid or a college student on that show, this is their first start. And to have a first start on something that's getting huge ratings on Netflix. Um, I'm, I hope a lot of these people do well after Stranger Things ends because I genuinely think they're all great actors and actresses. Yeah, I mean, the creator said Stranger Things is probably going to be only four or five seasons total. So, I mean, this does have an end date. And once it hits, I mean, Millie Bobby Brown's already in Godzilla movies, so she's pretty much set. But the others, like, I don't really see them in pretty big stuff, so I don't know. The guy who played Billy, Dacry Montgomery, he's in Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Yeah, so I mean, he's set. He's but... so good. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's such a good actor. And I, I was yeah. There were points where I was horrified watching him. There, so like, what surprises me still is that some of these actors are not American, but they do really good American accents. Like, like Dakri Montgomery is Australian. Uh, Charlie Heaton, who plays Jonathan, is British. British. And uh, Millie Bobby Brown is also British. And I'm just like, yeah. When I was I was watching some interviews with them, and I'm like. Oh, that's right. The the real accents have come out. And I'm like, they do American accents really well. It's crazy. I was I was shocked when I found out uh Dacry was Australian. And when I heard his in an interview with him, I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, me and my mites, we just got back. I'm like, oh my god. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's something I pay attention to when I find out that someone doesn't have uh, is from a different country. But, for example, Tom Holland and Daiquiri, when I know that they're uh, f- they're British or a- Australian or you know like Chinese or whatever they are, I pay more uh, I pay more attention to see like I wonder if they're gonna crack and and their accent's gonna come out. <laughs> I mean, there there have been there's really good examples online of people. You know, like non-American speakers speaking with American accents, and the the tone and cadence that they use, and the, some of the words they say kind of bring out their original accent. And it, you can it tell with Tom Holland for sure. No, he's that's the thing though. But he he masks it really well. There are certain words he says that you can kind of hear it, but for the most part, I'd say he's like ninety nine percent got it. He's ninety nine percent has it down for like the for like yeah, the, the American Brooklyn accent. Oh yeah, totally. I, it, it, he's totally fine. It's just when when sometimes you hear it peak and like, ha, I hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna see um, Spider Man this Thursday, so I will. I totally saw Spider Man. That movie is so good. Look, don't say anything else, please. I need to. I'm okay. still gonna watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, <laughs> okay that movie's so good. Uh, well, I love um, I love this Spider Man series. Like basically. Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans are top-tier Spider-Mans to be. Yeah. And I like the different tone of Tom Holland. Um, I know a lot of people like to say, oh, Tom Holland is better than Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire is better than 
Tom Holland. Oh, but what about Andrew Garfield? But I think the, <laughs> but I think the whole point is that these Spider Mans have different tones and they're from different comics. Yeah. So they're not different at all. Tobey Maguire's was much more serious, but I think that's you know it should be left as that. Like it shouldn't be compared to Tom Holland's because Tom Holland's takes a much more lighthearted approach to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. I I appreciate all the Spider Mans. All the Spider Man. Even Andrew Garfield. Even the Spider Verse Spider Men and Women. Yes, even the Spider Verse. Shout out to Shamik Moore. Shout out to Shout out. <laughs> shout out to the shout creators <laughs> for shout making out. that movie. Um, God, shout out to the best Spider Man ever. Yeah, so good. So good. Miles Morales. Oh man. Um, speaking of Spider-Man, um, and this will go into a bigger conversation, I went to Universal Studios Japan a couple weeks ago, and I went on the Spider-Man ride, and I don't think I've ever seen that ride anywhere else in uh, Universal Park. I think it's in Universal Studios Florida. Do you know, have you been to Universal Studios Florida? Have you seen the Spider-Man ride? I've never been to Universal Studios Florida. I've never been there. I didn't even know it existed, to be honest. Yeah. Did you? Oh, oh, wait, the one in Florida or in general? In Florida. Oh, I've I've always known it existed, but um, huh. I've never been. I don't know. I just didn't really want to go. I don't know why, because they all they had all the same rides they have in Flo- in Hollywood. So I'm like, what's the what's the point? But uh, there's some. The that thing are with Disney World is Disney World is way different from Disneyland. They're not even comparable. Yeah, no. They're completely different parks. In fact, Disney World is four parks in That's, one. It's it's actually five. It's five? Is it what four? Wait, it's it's um Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, uh, Walt Disney Studios, and Epcot. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wait, yeah. I think you said Epcot twice. Did I? Wait, you got to uh, say say the list one more time. Say it one more time. It's Magic Kingdom. Okay. Um Walt Disney Studios. Okay. Animal Kingdom. Okay. Um. Epcot. Yeah, I think I did say Epcot. I think it is four, but there. I thought there were five. There's one in the middle. It's. I'm looking it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, that being said, I I just never heard that of Universal Studios before in Florida. Yeah. Oh no, it is four parks. You're right. Um. And yeah, I. I it opened. When did it open? It opened in 1999, so a long time after uh, Disney World. But they opened in Florida because they wanted to follow Disney's example in a way. That's fair. And just like they're going, they want to go where the people go, and I'm like, okay, oh yeah, that's cool. And you have all this real estate in Orlando at the time. Might right. as well make something out of it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that ride that ride was really cool. Um, uh, it's definitely not in the Los Angeles Universal. No, no, I think it's only in Islands of Adventure in Florida. Um, mm. yeah, the ride is a three D three D ride, and you're like following Spider Man. You're like trying to take a picture of him or something, and then, um, you see like Doc Ock, Electro, Hobgoblin, and you're like following Spider Man, and he like takes you with him and. Yeah, it was a cool ride. Uh, the thing I found That's pretty cool. The thing I found out most, oh, actually, so it was a combination of like 
like a like a what do I call it? Like a track ride. And also, like, there were big screens that would pop up every so often. So there was, like, this set that you would go through. And then sometimes, like, as the story went on, there would be this, this giant set or this giant screen. And then you would watch it. And then you would react to it and stuff like that. There was a little bit of water. Um, okay. A little bit of heat. Some wind. So it was cool. It was really cool. Uh, recommend it if you ever go. There's a lot of – I feel like a lot of the rides at um, Universal Studios Japan or USJ for short – Mimic those in both Hollywood and in Florida, so it's got a little bit of both. Uh, I see. Japan and it has quite a few original things too. It does. Uh, speaking of that, Japan really loves 3D motion rides, or rather, like rides that have giant screens in front of you and the chairs move. There was like a Sailor mm-hmm. Moon one. There was a Godzilla versus Evangelion one. There was a, oh yeah, you were telling me about yeah. that on the side before. And there was an Attack on Titan one that's a half stage play, half four D slash, um, like motion based ride. That was Jesus interesting. Christ. Yeah, that was a lot to take in, and especially if you haven't seen the most recent episode of Attack on Titan, you're gonna get spoiled because they have <laughs> a they have a pre ride show, and they kind of ha- they kind of have to explain everything. And all the characters, in a way, and they do it, like, there's, like, this guy who's pointing at a board, and he's like, this is our plan. This other guy comes out, and he's like, these are the soldiers that are going to attack the plan, and he names all the main characters, and who they are, what they do, where they are in the story, and he names the villains, and that's the part that's the most spoilery, because it it spoils everything from every previous season, who the villains are. Yeah, and then if you didn't know that, then you're like, well, fuck, I can't watch Attack on Titan now, because I already know how it's going to end at this point, and yeah. When I watched it, I was so happy that I, that I, that you were watching the series. Yeah, I was caught up at that point, and I'm like, okay, thank God, because this is literally the last episode I saw, and if you hadn't seen that, then you're screwed. Um, there was a lot of how? Wait, oh, I see. That episode was probably already aired in Japan, huh? Yes, but there's a way to watch it at the same time it airs in Japan, legally. On Crunchyroll? Yeah, pretty much. Huh, okay, that's more surprising, because what I assumed is the fact they have that spoiler means that the season aired in Japan already. But if the season hasn't even aired in Japan yet, and it's still going live, yeah. how, how did they know? That means this ride's new. That I believe they. The, here's what I think because this ride's been here for a while, like a few months. So I think that they just did it concurrently with the show, which would be crazy. That's crazy. I so know. all the actors are acting based off of a script of what's going on in the TV show. I guess so because I was so confused. I was like, why are they showing the most recent episode? And like I knew everything that was happening, but I was I was just like, okay, like what? Why? Like they, there's like a major like a super major event that happens in this episode that they kind of just breeze over. And I'm like, holy crap, like this is so spoilery. Like people go in here not knowing what they're getting into. Like maybe they have a vague idea of what Attack on Titan is and that's okay. But if you go into this, like knowing full well where the story's at at that point, you're like, this is so spoilery. It's so bad. So there's no other way that I could think they would do this ride other than to update it every few weeks with you know a different point in the story i'm so fascinated by this yeah updating your ride <laughs> I mean, of- 
So the, that ride is in a section called Cool Japan, and it's also with the Evangelion ride. It was with the um, Sailor Moon ride. That's what I wanted to ask. What is the Sailor Moon ride? I'm curious. I did go on it, but it just said 4D Sailor Moon. And I was like, okay. Oh, shoot. Okay. I went on the Godzilla versus Evangelion ride, and that's pretty much what I think the Sailor Moon ride is, which is you're sitting in a chair, and it moves around for whatever reason. The one in Godzilla versus Evangelion is you're – if if you haven't seen the show, it's kind of hard to explain where this takes place in the story, but it takes place after in an alternate ending where everything is good and no one dies. So all of the main characters are there um, and they're all pretty sane. Uh, like they have a good head on their shoulders, not like no one's like going off and doing whatever. Um, so you're, you're this tour vehicle in this futuristic city where um, suddenly a Godzilla appears and starts attacking it. And, it's interesting because uh, the the most recent version of Godzilla, uh, the most recent movie of Godzilla is called Shin Godzilla, and it was directed by this guy named Hideaki Anno, and Hideaki Anno is actually the creator of Evangelion. So it was oh, okay. The the model that's why they have the two together exactly, and it was the model from the most recent Godzilla movie, like the the same character, the same like the the same look of that that same Godzilla with Evangelion characters. Um, it was really. Do they address the American versions of Godzilla, or it's only the Japanese versions? The Japanese side addresses the American version of Godzilla. Uh, so in in the the quote unquote last movie of Godzilla before they rebooted the whole thing was in two thousand and four. It was called Godzilla Final Wars, and that had the American Godzilla in it. And uh, Japanese Godzilla destroyed American Godzilla in like three seconds, and it was kind of like a jab at American. Godzilla saying that like you're beneath you're weak yeah you're pretty weak much sauce. pretty much so Toho Toho the company owns the license to that Godzilla that's why they could do that and um after the American Godzilla movie came out there was another Japanese Godzilla movie that came out that shared the same continuity as that American Godzilla movie they're like in the beginning of the movie they're like hey we heard that this giant monster appeared in New York City and started eating a bunch of fish and killed a bunch of people and then they're like well it can't be our Godzilla because he wouldn't do that <laughs> and I was like alright <laughs> I know what you're doing and I love it <laughs> putting him down you, you're putting him down before he even you know before he even came ashore and then you know a couple years later they made Godzilla Final Wars and they destroyed him on screen so yeah the Japanese Godzilla pretty much looks down on that American Godzilla which is awesome of course, of course. Uh, yeah. So the Cool Japan section was awesome. Um, there was uh this ride called Lupin the Third Car Chase, and Lupin the Third is an anime about this thief named Lupin, and he um steals like like these treasures from museums, and uh the car chase scene is taken from I think the Castle of Cagliostro, which is a pretty prominent movie that came out. Oh. Yes. Yeah. That's like one of his most popular ones, if not the most popular one. Yeah. I watched it on Netflix and it was a pretty good movie. I was so surprised at how, like, how good it was. Um, it was directed by... Hot- I watched the I watched that one on Adult Swim when it was on. Nice. It was a special. Yeah. Little known fact or probably big fact, uh, that movie was directed by Hayao Miyazaki. I did not know that. Pretty crazy, right? It's pre- That's pretty crazy. Pre-Ghibli. So. Pre-Ghibli. Uh, so that was a, the whole like cool Japan section. And then there was a San Francisco section, which I thought was pretty interesting that just had like Fisherman's Wharf, a, a little bit of Chinatown. And that was San Francisco. I was like, this is not San Francisco at all, but it was kind of fun. I remember to be there. in the, 
I remember in the last podcast you told me that it had Buena Vista, the Irish pub. Yeah, and it's it's like how why? Yeah, is this here? <laughs> like they named it, they called it out, and I was like, why? Why is this? Why? Why? Like, did someone go there? <laughs> did like some of did some park planner go there and be like, this is a great cafe? I want to go to Ghirardelli. And then they just put the, the sign of Ghirardelli above it. And then below it was the Buena Vista all smushed up. And I was like, this is sad. Like, this just looks really, this looks nothing like the actual restaurant. Um, <laughs> whatever. It was there. There was, a new, there was a New York section that was kind of cool. I didn't really care much about it. But that's where the Spider-Man ride was, of course. Got to keep with the cool, theme. Cool. Um, Jurassic Park section was there. I wanted to ride the ride, but that was closed. Um, and I was really sad about that. They were, they weren't changing it to Jurassic World. They were, it was down for maintenance basically. Yeah. I think I remember you were saying that. Yeah. I, I was so sad. I didn't get to ride that. But, uh, after that we went to Jaws. The Jaws rider was pretty cool. It was kind of funny. The lady, the lady that was giving the quote unquote tour, she like pulled out a giant shotgun that looked like a rocket launcher and she was like, shooting. oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. She was like this short little Japanese girl and she was like, like, ah, and she's like shooting the shark. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you want to kill us? Put that thing down. <laughs> and then, and every so often she'd be like, sorry, no movies, no photos. Cause like there were a bunch of tourists that kept trying to take pictures and she would interrupt the ride just to do that. Just to say, oh, please, no movies, no photos. And it took me out of the experience cause I was having so much fun watching this girl shoot sharks with a giant shotgun. And then she'd be like, sorry, no movies, no photos. I'm like, yo, stop it. You're taking me out of the ride. Let me just. You can't just have a shotgun shooting sharks and tell someone they can't record it. If you sh- if you did that, you should tell them at the beginning of the whole ride. Oh, that they you can't do. Record. They do. Oh, yeah, they do. And people still do it. And I'm like, why? Why are you here? <laughs> Please just listen. Ah, it was so frustrating. But it was a fun ride regardless. Like, I didn't let that get me down. I still had fun. Um, that sounds like a really fun ride. Oh, it was so dope. It was so cool. Um, after that ride, we went back through Jurassic Park, and they were having a dinosaur show, which was pretty cool. Like, there were a bunch of dinosaurs showed up. It was clearly people in costumes, but a bunch of little kids, you know. They're very impressionable. So, and especially, That's okay. That's awesome. Yeah, kids love dinosaurs. And then the dinosaurs will like, walk around in a giant circle so you can run up and like pet them, which was so cool. And they, Yeah, they felt like paper mache, which was kind of weird. But it was cool Aww. that we got to touch it. Um. It was, it was funny because like there was there was some herbivores like a stegosaurus and triceratops and they would go up to little kids and the kids like start crying because they're so scared of the dinosaurs. It was cute. Oh, triceratops, that's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, a couple of velociraptors came out and I was like, oh, this is so <laughs> cool. And then one of them was blue from Jurassic World. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. And then the, this girl came out and she's like, blue, blue, please don't do that. Like, please, like, listen to me. I thought she was gonna do the whole Chris Pratt thing from Jurassic World one, but she did it and I was like, oh, come on, dude. <laughs> Like, just give me this, please. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. It was all in Japanese, which is even cuter. And I was like, oh, this is adorable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, we went to Harry Potter World. Or How's that one in Japan? So I've never been to the one in, in Hollywood. I've never been to the one in Florida. But when it was announced in 2010, or rather when it was like released in 2010, I always wanted to go because I've been a huge fan of the books and the movies. And I was like, well, the next step would just be to go there and see it. Uh, So it's been a long time coming. It's been nine years. And I finally got to do it. The first thing I did was in Hogsmeade, went to get a butterbeer. I was like, this is the first thing I want to do. I want to drink a butterbeer. So I had it. Didn't disappoint. Tasted exactly like I thought it would from the books. And I was like, this is amazing. 
Um, oh, butterbeer is delicious. I love toffee and kind of like butterscotch flavor. So, oh yeah, that yeah. was really good. It was one of the best things I had at the park. Um, so that was that was awesome. Um, really random. Yeah, is food expensive at the park? In the Japan one. So, in in Universal Studios Hollywood, how much would a hot dog be? Because I don't remember. Um. So this is just me guesstimating. A hot dog is probably seven dollars. In Japan, the most I saw for food was five or four. Lasai. <laughs> and plus, like, if you have a credit card that doesn't have foreign transaction fees, then you get even less for that. It's like three. So. Sigh. <laughs> Uh, the 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 American dollar is just is so strong. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> How could this happen to me? <laughs> uh, it was kind of funny in Hogsmeade seeing all the snow on top of the buildings, and it was so hot and humid because it was fucking hot. Probably, yeah. yeah I see it's freaking humid, <laughs> and they're like playing Harry Potter in music. Osaka. Yeah, and I'm like they're playing Harry Potter music. I'm like, this is dope. And then you see the snow on top of the buildings. I'm like, okay, this is this is not realistic because I'm sweating. This is an illusion. I'm, I'm like my sweat was sweating. I was sweating my balls off. I was like, oh my god. And I see the snow. I'm like, that does not help at all. <laughs> like, come on. That's amazing. And all the workers are all like dressed up, which is kind of cool. But I'm like, can you wear these long sleeves? Like, how are you doing this? Please stop. Um. So yeah, then we went to the Harry Potter ride in in Hogwarts, and that took about like like eighty five minutes. It wasn't too bad. It was the first ride we rode. I'm kind of going backwards with the way I'm telling my story oh, about no, the that's rides. Totally yeah, fine. yeah. Um, so the Harry Potter ride was cool. I really liked the visuals. It was really funny hearing all the characters like yell at each other in Japanese and speak Japanese. Um, yeah. But by the end of it, I'll be honest, I felt sick, and it wasn't because of the butterbeer. It was because I don't know why. Like I just felt motion sickness after that. Um, mm. and I wasn't the only one. My girlfriend was sick too after that. So yeah. She, Sometimes rides are like that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed it, but then that kind of set the precedent for how I felt for the rest of the day. And I didn't really want to get that. Like, I didn't want that to let me down and, you know, feel differently. So we took a lot of breaks in between the rides just to like recover, walk around, sit down, chill, you know, stuff That's like good. that. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Uh, Universal Studios in general was pretty awesome and I recommend anyone that visits Osaka to go there just at least once because we only went for one day and uh, there's a lot to do and a lot to see um, yeah it was it was awesome I recommend it and that was like during the middle of my trip so it was kind of cool that that kind of helped uh, define the rest of my trip what's your Harry Potter house oh in Pottermore yeah it's Ravenclaw. I'm a Slytherin. Oh, that's surprising. You don't seem like a Slytherin person. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where when I took the test, I was thinking I was going to get Gryffindor, but I got Slytherin and I read the description and I there are a lot of things I saw myself okay. with that related to Slytherin. That being said, if I took the test, that was like my high school years. If I took the test now, I don't know what I would be anymore. I, I I think I'm a hybrid of a lot of houses. Yeah. So anything's possible. I You know what? I'm going to take the Pottermore quiz like at work tomorrow or something. Hey, yeah, update us on the podcast. Yeah, I will update which class or 
what Harry Potter house I'm part of. And uh, if you're listening, you tell us what your house, your Patronus, what they are. Hey. I want to know. I'm curious. Uh, How, damn, that that quiz is like 30 minutes, right? <laughs> uh, probably less than that if, you, if you'd really just... Put your went heart, through it if you put, put your heart like, into it no i'm not saying you should be lazy about it but like if you really focused on it and like didn't hesitate with the answers and then just picked it then it's less than 30 minutes for sure all right i'm totally gonna do this um here's something surprising or kind of kind of uh kind of unexpected and because my patronus is actually a dolphin oh what does that mean I don't... not not what does patronus mean what does the dolphin represent you know, I don't fucking remember. <laughs> I just know that it floats in water. It swims in water. I'm like, that speaks to me because, first of all, Hawaii ah, Hawaii the, dolphins slash water. There and I'm go. like, Aquarius? Like, yo, this makes so much sense. So I was so happy with my with my Patronus. I, I didn't. I was not expecting anything out of the Patronus thing. I was like, okay, I just, I, whatever animal I get, I will learn to love it. And when dolphin came out, I'm like, yo, this is actually legit. Because dolphins are some of the smartest creatures on the planet, too. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, Pottermore, Harry Potter ain't no coincidence. It's true. It's true. So, yeah. This is real life. At least I take the whole thing over again. Let it. Let me know. Let us know. Yes, I'm totally going to take the whole thing over again. Yeah. I want to know what my 20 or 27-year-old self is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm genuinely too. curious. I did it last year when I was 26, so it's close okay. enough. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty updated. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, can I talk a little bit about my trip? Because it was crazy, and there it, it ended. It began pretty chill and ended kind of crazy. Go for it. All right. Um. So, I'll 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 say some tips before everything, or before each little uh, in between. I'll weave it in between what I talk about. But first tip is, uh, if you're gonna take the train system a lot. Especially if it's a JR train. JR is Japan Rail Japan Railways, which is like their national rail company. Get the JR pass. And, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And They're... oh yeah. Uh I got the Kansai specific one. Kansai is the area that houses Kyoto and Osaka. And I got that one because I was not gonna go to Tokyo. I you you should get the overall like the nationwide JR pass if you're planning to go between Osaka and Tokyo or if you're going to go between like Tokyo and Hiroshima, Osaka, Hiroshima. If you're going to do that, then 100% get the nationwide pass. But because I was doing the Kansai only pass, it was so much cheaper. It was like 50 bucks. It was so oh, cheap. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, so good. Isn't another option Suica? Um, yeah. The penguin one? The penguin? So... Here's the thing I found out a couple of years ago. Japan has a Suica card for every region. And what I mean by that is there's different companies that have different quote unquote in the Bay Area. We call them clipper cards, which is where you put a bunch of money on it and you can ride either, you know, any rail system that is in that region. And so Kansai has a has one with a platypus as a logo and it's called Ikoka. Ikoka means let's go huh. or we're going to go in Japanese, which is kind of funny. That uh, is so awesome! It's a platypus. Yeah, it's a it's a that's amazing. It's a blue, it's a silver and blue card, and the logo is this cute little platypus. Um, that is legit. And so the one in Tokyo is called Suica, S U I C A, and it has a penguin as the logo. Now, when you have a Suica or a Nikoka, you can use them anywhere in Japan. Like, I'm saying that you can. The people that live in those regions 
get those specific cards because they're from there. And so you can kind of define someone by the card that they use. So if you see someone with a Suica, you're like, oh, did you get that in Tokyo? Or are you from Tokyo? It's not really a prejudice thing. It's more like, a, oh, wow, that's kind of cool that you're from there or you're using that specific card. Uh, so I got mine in Tokyo. I've had mine since 2013. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been reliable. I, I didn't use I used it briefly during this trip uh, because the uh, JR Pass is only for, of course, JR lines. And so there are some lines that go to certain places that you cannot use your JR Pass for. And so I, mm-hmm. I was forced to put some money into my Suica and, and use it. Or I actually still yeah. had money on it, which is kind of cool. Um, no, another quick little hot tip about Ikoko and Suica is that you can buy stuff with them at convenience stores or um, at yes. train stations, which is pretty cool. You can just like tap your card onto a machine and then pick your drink and it'll drop it. And it's pretty much like a little Venmo slash credit card in a way, which is awesome. I like it. I like mm-hmm. that feature a lot. Anyways, yeah, it's really it can be really useful. Oh yeah, totally. So my flight was at one twenty in the morning from SFO, and I had a layover in Taiwan. Well, I took Eva Air, and that wasn't bad. I really liked Eva Air. Uh, the service was nice. The people, the flight attendants were really nice. The food was pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good for airline food. Airline food is not the best, of course, but it was awesome. So I spent like an hour in Taiwan. I got to see the airport. Everything was closed because it was like six o'clock in the morning. I get to my gate, my transfer. I feel like I've been to the Taiwan airport at six o'clock in the morning, and there were quite a few things open for breakfast. Yeah. Um, I wasn't in that part of the terminal. <laughs> Mine was like mostly boutique shops. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I go to my gate for the transfer, and right when I get there, I hear the loudspeaker go, boom, can Mr. Jeremy please come to the front? And I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell did I do? And then so I- You lost your passport? I'm like, I checked that. I was like, <laughs> I have my passport. I have my wallet. I got everything. And I go to the front, and I'm like, I'm Jeremy. And they're like, we just need to see your credit card for verification of the ticket. I was like, why? Okay. And then I show them my card, and they're like, okay, thank you. And I was like, is that it? They're like, yep. I'm like, okay, what the hell? <laughs> I've had that happen quite a few times with um with Asian Airlines. So I took Asiana when I went to Korea for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Asiana fa- uh, like checked my credit card that I paid with. They checked the numbers that they were matching. Oh. So the the interesting thing is in theory. Say in that moment you changed credit cards, for example, your credit card expired and you got a new credit card, there's no way to prove that you bought that ticket. Right. I see. And, they're, and they can be really strict with it. I see. So the funny thing is, say you bought, if you buy a ticket for someone as a present, it, you, it might not count unless that person like gives their verification. And submits all their verification. I see. Okay. I don't... Like, I understand that some airlines are trying to be secure. But, like, that's pretty unnecessary. Especially because there's so many different ways that you could get an airplane ticket. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Can you imagine if they checked your credit card and then for some reason they said that, like, oh, the credit card doesn't match the, t- like, the card that was bought with the ticket. And but like say for example like your mom bought you that ticket, it's still you wouldn't count. You'd be stuck in Taiwan. Right. It's true. And then you're like, wow, I'm SOL. I can't do anything. Yeah, SOL. 
I've only experienced that with Asian airlines. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a common thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that happened. Got my flight. Uh, arrived in Kansai. Picked up my JR pass. Took the express train from Kansai Airport to Kyoto. Met up with my girlfriend. We checked into our Airbnb. And then the next day, we met up with a couple friends, and we went to round one in Kyoto. That was pretty cool. Uh, if you guys don't know, round one is basically this, like, like giant, like, multi-story arcade with, like, a bowling it's alley. It's the best arcade. Oh, yeah. No, they got a bowling alley, and they have karaoke at the one that we went to. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. We didn't do either of those things. But um, the bottom floor had... Uh, what are called in Japan UFO catchers, what are basically like claw machines in the US. You like put coins in, you move the claw, you press a button, the claw like reaches down, picks up the prize that you want, and hopefully it sticks. But of course, these are like cash grabs and they'll just suck up your money. My friend, he was so good. He got a giant Snoopy toy in in like three tries. He only spent $3 on it and he got it. I was like, oh my God. Dude, that's a pro right there. And you know this guy. This is uh, Takumi. You've met him. Hey, Takumi, shout out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he did it in three tries. I was like, dude, you're a pro. Oh, my God. He's like, yeah, the trick is to do this, 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 and move the claw so that this part of the claw pulls it dude, out Dude, I bet way. you he was like, the trick is to do this and that, and he explained like 10 steps, and you're thinking, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm like, and I tried it. He's like, no, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, I'm doing exactly what you told <laughs> me to. What the hell? <laughs> of course. Yeah. All the time. All the time. And I was like, dude, just do it for me. And then like he did it, and like he kind of pushed it. We were trying to get a Kirby. This is before he won. We were trying to get this like giant Kirby. And then, nice. yeah, and then he like he was doing all these tricks. And he's like, ah, it's it's hopeless. I'm like, yeah, because that curry <laughs> that Kirby's probably full of beans, and it, like this claw can't carry that weight, so, so it's yeah. fine. Uh, so that was cool. Um, uh, and then we played some Initial D. We played some Mario Kart. Uh, and then um, we played some air hockey. And we also played some basketball, you know, those like basketball shooting games where you put like oh nice coins in and then you can like the balls drop down. You just shoot as many hoops as you can. And so yes. uh, there were four teams that were there. I was the Warriors because, you know, got a rep. That was, hey, that was cool. And my friend, uh, she was the um, she was the Lakers. And then my girlfriend was the Utah Jazz, and then Takumi. Interesting choice. Takumi was the Bulls. Um, okay, okay. And then the Lakers got twenty-two, and I got twenty, and I was like, "Damn, didn't do him proud." <laughs> Damn. But it's all good because they got LeBron. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Or and shout out to Anthony Davis. Yeah, might have been him too. Him, you never yeah, know. You yeah. never know. It's true. I don't want to slim the team down. Um. So that was cool, and at the end of it, like we came out with a prize, which was awesome. Oh, we also took um, uh, Prikura pictures, uh, which are basically, you go into a giant photo booth, you take a bunch of quote-unquote beautifying pictures so that your face looks a little bit slimmer and your eyes look a lot bigger uh, and the light's a lot softer, and uh, you decorate your pictures after, and then you like you get your pictures and you can like split them with your friends. And these are like some of those, the most popular things in Japan to do. Oh yeah. Uh, Japantown in San Francisco has them. So if you're ever in San Francisco, go to Japantown and there's a whole store full of these booths where you could take photos. 
It always cracks me up how obnoxiously large the eyes are. I always look like an alien, and I don't like that. Yeah, always. I don't like that either. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. Uh, and then the next day, we did Mario Kart. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was in Osaka. If you ever have a chance to do this in Kyoto, Osaka, or Tokyo, I highly recommend it. It's basically, you. anyone who's listening has probably seen these pictures online or seen some videos where you dress up in like a Mario onesie, you drive around in a little, in a little cart, and um, yeah, you just drive around the city. There's a one-hour tour or a two-hour tour. The one hour is $75. The two hour is 90. So that's approximately $100 per person. So we did the, mm-hmm. we did the two hour tour and it was definitely worth it. It's, I'd say do the two hour tour because like you want to drive a lot and you drive fast when you do it. And you go. I have a question. Did, were you required to have any sort of license? Yes. National license when you did it? Yes. Hot tip. You need an international driving permit. There is no such thing as an international driving license. That doesn't exist. The, if, you, if it does exist, people mistake it for the international driving permit. The only way to get it in the United States is if you go to two companies. One of them is AAA. You go to any AAA office. Yep, that sounds about right. Yep. Make sure you fill out a an application. You give it to them with your driver's license. They'll take... Mm-hmm. Oh, you also need two passport-sized photos so that they can add that to your uh, international driving permit. Um, mm-hmm. the permit itself is so cheap. It's only 20 bucks and it's highly worth it. If you're going to do something like this, when you're in Japan, um, you can rent a car with it. You can drive Mario Kart with it. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of little things you could do with the international driving permit. Um, just be mindful that when you rent a car, the driving laws in Japan are a lot different. So I highly recommend that you take a quick online crash course before you do it. I, I didn't do it during this trip, although I really wanted to, but yeah, anything from driving on the street to drifting around a track, you gotta, you gotta do it. Oh, super important, especially because uh, if you're an American driver, they drive on the opposite side of the street. You gotta make sure you're accustomed to that. Totally, totally. Uh, the Mario Karts were though were like they're exactly like they are in Mario Kart. They're in the center of the cart, so they're not on the right or the left. Uh, it was interesting because there were no gears. This is an entirely automatic. Uh, car or quote-unquote cart uh the blinkers however were manual like they didn't automatically shut off when you turned you had to you had to um turn them off auto uh, manually uh driving around osaka in the blistering heat wearing a onesie was not the business but it was still pretty fun because i got to go full speed and the wind cutting in your hair and like the cool wind against your body was a lot better than sit like like staying at a stoplight and waiting for the light to turn green while you're sitting there in the blistering heat. Um, the only part I did not like about the whole experience was I was last. Like you're supposed to go in a straight line or in pairs and you're always supposed to stay in the same order no matter what. So if the person to your left goes in front, you always have to let them go in front. Uh, I was dead last. And so I was eating everyone's fumes, literally. Like I was breathing their smoke. And yeah. It was not good. And I was like, this is horrible. I was like inhaling it and it tasted nasty and it smelled nasty. And it is a little bit pricey, as I mentioned. Um, you can rent stuff like mustaches and GoPros, but they're, of course, they're, they're more money. And you're already spending a lot of money, like getting the permit and also going on this trip and also, you know, paying for the Mario Kart thing. So if you want to save a bunch of money, I totally get it. Unless you're a baller, then by all means, like get the full experience. Um, but I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. 
the next day was kind of fun or I mean, every day has been fun, but the, this next day was interesting because, uh, I went to my girlfriend's high school. So I got to see a Japanese high school in session, which was, yeah, it was pretty neat to say the least. Um, small, really small, uh, vending machines everywhere inside the building, which is, yeah, which is a pretty standard fare that I was expecting. Um, of course, everyone has uniforms on. Uh, there were a lot of teachers, a lot of teachers. Um, and the school was uh, like five stories high. It was uncomfortable, but it was cool. I got to, got to meet all of her teachers, which was awesome. Um, and after that, we went whiskey tasting at the Yamazaki Suntory factory. Uh, and then I bought a whiskey glass and, and a whiskey bottle because there's some stuff that you can only buy there. Um, the tasting was only 10 bucks, by the way. It was so cheap. It was fun. Uh, and then um, there's a bar at the end of the tour, and you can drink anything you want from their history on there. Like, all the expensive shit for, like, a really reasonable price. Um, I paid, like, 20 25 bucks for a glass of, like, 30 or, like, 25-year-old whiskey. Uh, then we did some karaoke. Karaoke in Japan is a lot different than in the U.S. It's, like, there's some places in San Francisco that are... Uh, there's like all nighters you could do. You could literally, like you just said, you could stay there overnight. You can stay there um, overnight. You can like get all you can drink majority of the time, all you can drink and all you can eat dessert. And right. it is the best. And what I also love about Japanese karaoke is I don't know what voodoo magic they do in Japan, but in about like five out of five different karaoke bars I've been to, They've had the original instrumental of the song. Yes. Yes. And Which is amazing. I don't know what they do if they're like YouTubing that and doing some shit with the audio or if they actually have the rights to the instrumental. But it is awesome the fact that they have the real instrumental. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I'm like, I don't know how you got this, but I'm I'm in love. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I, I'm not going to ask. No, I'm not going to ask. <laughs> right, right. Just keep it going. Um, just keep it going. Yeah. The best part about Japanese karaoke, too, is that you can go during happy hour. And if you go during happy hour, it's pretty cheap. But if you do the all night thing, you can pay 10 bucks for the whole night per person. That's oh, like 20 yeah. bucks. Totally. And, you get, and the one we went to, we didn't stay all night. But like if we had stayed all night, it would have been 10 bucks a person. And we would have had all you can drink and all you can eat. That was free. I'm yeah. like, this is, how do they make money? Like, what the fuck? How do they make money from this? But it was really cool nonetheless, like to just go karaoke again there. I love going to karaoke in Japan and just like, you know, just like it feels like you're on your own little world and you can sing whatever you want. And you don't have to care about anything. And it's a whole giant building dedicated to just that. And like you get to release all your stress and all your worries. It's a good pastime. Mm -hmm. I think. Had some sushi with the udon. Big mistake. I'll go into that later. Next day, we went to Fushimi Inari, which is like the, the gates that lead up onto the top of this mountain. That was really cool. Stomach wasn't feeling too hot on the hike up. And I was like, man, I'm probably going to die up here. Uh, trying to figure out, try, I was trying to figure out what it was. Turned out it was the sushi from earlier. And so oh, I got food man. poisoning. I got major food poisoning from this trip. And I was, well, not like, so a couple years ago, I had really bad food poisoning. Like yeah. I, I had a fever. I was like so sick. This time it was just the stomach. Like I didn't have any other symptoms, which is good to know. Took a bunch of medicine, felt a little bit better, but was still suffering. So cut to Friday, the day before I'm leaving. 
Um, yeah, went to Fushimi Nari, met up with a couple other friends, had some dinner. Um, on the way home, I got a text from Eva Air saying my flight was canceled. Oh. Because, because there was a strike. <gasps> what? Yeah. yeah, and I didn't know that this was going to happen. Apparently... There were people already talking about this, and I did not know that. I went into this whole thing thinking, okay, you know, like an hour in Taiwan coming here was no big deal. I have a three-hour layover going home. It's not going to be a problem. I'm going to relax at the airport, you know, maybe eat something, go shopping a bit. Couldn't do any of that stuff because my flight was canceled. And I was like, holy shit, I need to call someone. Tried calling the Osaka office, no answer. Tried calling the San Francisco office, no answer. I was like, I need to get a refund first of all. I need to get my money back. I wanna, I need to pick another flight because this is this is like too crazy. Um, That's insane. I didn't. Yeah. I, you know, I'm pretty. I, in my opinion, I I'm pretty up to date with a lot of travel news. I had no idea that there was a there was a strike with their cabin crew. They just resolved it like two days ago. Huh. Interesting. Uh, it was 17 days for the strike. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it was kind of crazy because uh, the weekend I was there was the weekend before the G20 summit. And so they were hoping that it would be resolved by G20, but the talks fell through and people were unhappy. And so the strike continued. So, um, yeah, I got a notification that my flight was canceled. I When I was at the hotel or at the Airbnb, I was like so frantic. I was desperately trying to find another flight. Uh, the one I was... The one I found, like, I, I refreshed the page and the ticket was more expensive because people were trying to find other flights. But I finally found one from Delta that was had a one-hour layover in Seattle, and that was totally fine for me. So I took that flight. Um, Seattle was okay. Went to the I had to get my luggage physically in Seattle when I landed, and then I had to transfer it from my hand to my, my transfer flight, which is kind of weird because usually they just take it with you to all the way to San Francisco, but in Seattle, I've, apparently you have to like take your, take your luggage with you. Um, um, I think like whenever you come back to the U S wherever your first American city, you land, you have to take your luggage with you. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That, okay. I think that's a, that's a rule with customs that the first American city you land in that has to run through. I see. Yeah. I see. So I, I took my flight back to San Francisco, got all my luggage, went home, just sat down, and I was like, I'm going to go call Eva Air. Googled Eva Air while, while I was on hold. Turned out that if I had taken that three-hour flight, or if I had taken that flight from Kansai to Taipei, not knowing that there was a strike or f- knowing fully well that there was a strike and hoping to get on another flight from Taipei to San Francisco, I would have been stuck there with like 8,000 other people. Dang. I, yeah, and I'm so out. happy. And I think that's kind of why there were, there weren't that many shops open before I went to hmm, Kansai I initially because there were like it wasn't just the cabin crew there were other people that went on strike too. Got it, got it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so I'm so glad that I didn't take that flight. I, yeah, I was so mad. I was just like, I just give me my money back. And every time I called their office, I was put on hold, and then the hold would automatically like cancel itself within an hour. And I tried calling other departments within the Eva Air corporate office of the Bay Area. And I I physically heard someone pick up the phone and then like put it like put it down. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I was like, oh. I'm so sorry yeah. that happened. And so I emailed them. I already called them. I was like, all right, I'm going there. 
So I went there. I went to the EVA Air office near SFO Airport, and I was like, I have, I had all my documents. I printed out everything. I and then the lady was like, all right, put your name on this list. And I'm like, please, oh my god, I don't want to do this. And like in my mind, I was thinking that, and she's like, we'll get back to you like in a few minutes. So I was like, oh, thank God. So I sat there, and then I was kind of telling the lady my situation and what was wrong. And she's like, okay. And she literally hand wrote me a receipt. And I was like, okay. And she's like, she didn't tell me how much I was going to get back. And then I was like, okay. And she's like, in a month, you'll get your refund. I was like, okay. And she's like, that's it. I'm like, if I don't get the refund, what do I do? Like, do I still call the number? Do I email the same email? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God. But what if the strike's still going on? So I had so many questions when I left, but I just wanted to like get that done with and not think about it anymore. Fast forward to last Thursday, got my refund. It was like $700, which was awesome. Um, got my refund and I'm, I was just so happy that I didn't have to deal with that anymore, which was fine. Are so, you ever going to go on Eva ever again? Hell no. Hey. I, don't, I don't want to. I mean, I had a good experience going there, but then like, I just really didn't like how this whole thing planned out. Like, maybe I should have been checking the news beforehand, but I don't really check that before I go on a trip. I'm just like so focused on other stuff. Hey, you Um, never know. Sometimes they just drop the strike on you and like it's hidden behind the cameras. It's true. I mean, that's very true. You could have been on that. You could have been going to Iceland, Jeremy, and suddenly your flight got canceled because the whole company went bankrupt. You never know. That's, ugh, I would hate to, I would hate to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so happy that I didn't have to do, I, 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 that I got my refund, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I'm glad that it all worked out in the end, but I'm sticking with other airlines. I have a United card, so I'm probably just going to stick with United. I know United has a lot of flack from a lot of people. But in my opinion, like, it's better than other airlines. I've heard horror stories about taking, like, Air China or China Eastern. And I'm like, I'm not about to do that. So, yeah. yeah. My my girlfriend was telling me that she would take China Air and then, like, oh, no, I'm sorry. She would take Air China and then on some flights they wouldn't allow you to use any electronics at all, even Ooh. in the air. And I'm like, ah, but I want to listen to music that I would have, not, like, the the radio on the plane. Like, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess the the hot tip here is make sure you check your airline before you fly just in case that they're about to go on strike. I know. And even though I had food poisoning, it was still a good trip overall. I, yeah, I can't recommend anyone to go to Japan enough. Like, you should just go to Japan. Like, it's so fun. What are you doing right now? Book your tickets to Japan, listeners. Yeah. What are you doing? Go do it. Go what do it. What are you it. doing? <laughs> if you like this podcast or have a comment or question for us, you can go to www.downtime.live. You can go to our contact our, our contact sheet, and um, it's just like a little comment box, and you can make a comment to us, or you can click on the Discord and you can join it as well as in this episode if you're listening on Podbean or Apple Podcasts the Discord link is in the show notes. You can also comment where we have the podcast like YouTube, Podbean, Stitcher and we'll respond there. And if you like this podcast, you can rate us on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. 
which used to be iTunes. It's the same thing. I don't I don't get it, but you know how it is in the world. <laughs> you know how it is. You know how it is. And then contact at downtime.live if you want to send us an email. Yep. Very true. Very true. We'll we'll read it on the podcast. We'll respond. All that stuff. Yep. I hope all of you have a wonderful summer ahead with lots of vacation and good times. Yeah, still summer. The we sun got two is still months. Up. Two months. Yeah, enjoy it. Go outside, grab a beer, chill while the sun goes down. That's my dream. That's yep. my dream right there. But I can't because I can't see the damn sun in San Francisco. It's always <laughs> cloudy here, and I but I got my beer and it's too cold to go outside. So I'm like, damn, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> ah, anyways, yeah. Thanks everyone for listening to the 113th episode of Dante Podcast Side Quest Edition. See you guys next time. Peace.